Hash House and Circle Up. Welcome to On On, the Hash House Harrier podcast for interviews, history, and stories. I'm your host, Ra. This is part three with firemen. Started hashing in 1970s in KL, so we'll look back in time and also look forward in time. Here we go, part three with firemen. The next things I wanted to ask about is your take over time. Did you see the hash changing over from the 70s to 2006 when you ended, apart from how it would be different in the UK? And what did you think about the future of the hash? Did it seem to you like something would last forever? What were you thinking? Well, to answer the, the last question first, I would say, yes, it's always going to last. I mean, the numbers have just kept on. I, I haven't kept in touch, but all I hear is it's just expanding, expanding. Wherever you go, you'll find hashes all around the world, and it's still growing. You know, it's like a sort of tidal wave. It's like a, a, a ripple, a stone rippling in a in a pond. That's what I get the impression, and it's going wider and further. It's been adopted by small amounts of expats. It's very much a local thing all around the world, but I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. My experience, what, we, what I think we kind of all understand is what happened in the 80s and 90s the hash exploded. Every major city and many small cities had clubs, both local and fueled by the development around the world. Not yeah. only not only just uh, Asian banking and oil exploration, but all the international development put clubs. I, when I was in Cairo, at one point there were three clubs in Egypt. Wow. And that, now there's one, you know, and Cairo had 150 a week. And yeah. Alexandria and another club in Cairo. And now there's a handful of people in Cairo, and that's it. Yeah. The expat community has collapsed in a lot yes, in South right. America. Its globalization has really collapsed. That's what it was. We were riding the globalization wave, weren't we? Yeah. The hash. And that's what happened. But I'm sure in England you still hear there are Nash hashes, aren't there? Oh, yeah. I just went to Interscandy every two years. Yeah. There's an Interscandy event. We had 150 people, and it was in Estonia. And people Fabulous. came from 15 countries. Yeah, was, Well, yeah. the Scandinavians used to run. When I arrived, there was a big Scandinavian contingent. They all ran on the Monday hash, but they had a, a Friday Scandy hash as well. And they occasionally, they'd have a hash on Sunday with the with the family, you know, with the with the kids and things. Yeah. So yeah, the candies were very were very strong, and they were very fit, and they were like the Americans. They didn't rate this walking around. They they liked to run. <laughs> they were yeah. fit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Scandi was always a very strong part of the KL hash. It's true. And there was a guy called God. Oh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Anyway, I can remember. I met him. He he then moved over that side. He was one of the guys who was over in, in Manila. Uh, so there were a couple of them. There was Colombo and this guy who I've forgotten the name of. I was just thinking about it. I found a bit of paper from him the other day. So there's a whole bunch of them. They had their own completely different rules, though. I'm, I wonder how they dropped their own Scandinavian habits when they ran with the hash because we were much more relaxed. I think they were much more um, sedate, weren't they? Apart mm -hmm. from being great team runners, there wasn't there wasn't that much drinking going on. That's why I think there was a Scandi who actually ran off the road because they weren't so used to drinking, unfortunately, in KL. So what's the situation then, Ra? Has uh, so you're talking about there are these pockets, but large parts of the world now, the expats have moved, and the military have moved, and basically hashing is 
decreased. It's almost disappeared. Well, certainly uh, there are big cities in South America where it disappeared. La Paz used to be a giant hash, and there hasn't been one there for a long time. And that's true in Costa Rica, even Central and South America. Although there's some rebounding, there's a few recovering hashes there. But, yeah, we lost a lot with uh, the changes. That's a shame. That's a shame. But Uh, Europe's still strong. Europe must still be strong, surely. Yeah. Yeah, um, France, Germany, Spain must be still a few. B- Belgium and the Netherlands have a yeah. few very yeah. strong individual hashers, and the T-shirt, the museum guy is from the Netherlands. Yeah, he's great. I've always wanted to go there. Somehow, I've been there on the wrong day, and it's been closed. And now he's sent it down to KL, hasn't he? Most of it. He's got two museums going now, although the KL container hasn't been unpacked. But he's subsequently collected extra stuff that he's reopening one in the netherlands yes, and there, exactly. there will be one in the u.s and there you know we think there should be one on every continent basically yeah absolutely i mean the one in kl they've even got a house haven't they they've got a hash a hash house somewhere has been allocated to the to the to the hash in KL. yeah they've broken ground and they struggled along the money came in and was ineffectively used and they just kept paying taxes but they have managed to break ground and they're they have a building open, design yeah yeah an open-sided building it looked like i couldn't yeah look at yeah um yeah so you said so we're talking about hash traditions how have they changed over the years you've said you've asked me that every hash i went to i measured against kl so right. um, they're all not so good there were different traditions you had a different um, what's the word hinterland you you had the planters the old civil servants of the military in KL. And then you had Hong Kong, you had all the business meet people. And then the Kowloon side, you had all the the, low, the NCOs. I used to call them the NCOs, the non-commissioned officers. Right. Um, whereas you had the, the, you know, the, the, the majors and captains and the odd general in Hong Kong. So basically they had different character and you expected that. But there was the basic plan, which was to assemble. You have two hairs or one hair, usually two would go out. They would never be caught. They should never be seen. But there are one one or two hashes. You know, it didn't matter whether the hairs have been seen or not. I'm trying to remember where that that was quite shocking. But they, you know, if they caught <laughs> up with the hair, you're in big trouble. You were fined an awful lot of beers in KL. But it didn't seem to happen in some hashes. And some of them, they actually, I remember going on one hash where the hairs went around with the with the the hash that was really weird i tried to <laughs> well actually you know today the way it has evolved there's there's always a discussion and a disagreements about we call them live and dead hairs the hairs will set the trail completely before the day of the event and either escort them or stay at the front yeah stay back at the venue yeah. Yeah, so it evolves and takes different methods now. There are lots of hashes today that will have a separate trail for walkers. Oh, really? I wanted to save the shockers here till the end, but yes. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, all that we had with the walkers would just walk out on the run, or sometimes they would wait until the hares had come back, and then they would just walk out in the outrun, they would uh, in the in run rather. Well, I, 
just go about you know five minutes up the trail on the out trail you know and um and they would come back and have a beer and they would they would just be coming back as the first runners they'd meet the first runners turn around with them you see the one thing about kl even then there was quite a lot of concern about environmental impact the impact of of all this paper being scattered around after a while people then gradually got to use more and more decompostable paper because there had been a period i told you where we we tried to make it last a long time and then there was a big objection to that and saying no Mm -hmm. no we we can't do that but we had this in hong kong where one run it must have been kl again that's right there were several times you would be running in territory that there was been a hash the day before and their bloody paper was still down there. That that became a real problem in KL. That's right, in 2005, 2006, you were uh. interconnecting runs because there were so many hashes around and there wasn't the coordination to make sure that the paper, you never had set a hash in a place where there was still fresh paper from a previous hash. Right. But it was great great in Hong Kong because all we had was flour. Manila was chalk, and that never lasted long. Was the hash uh, running out of the wench bar, the wine chai hash, ever when you were in Hong Kong? Um, no. Okay. There wasn't one, no. It was a banker's hash, and they used to meet all over the shop. There was a South Island hash. Right. I, I ran on the South Island hash a few times. I had a friend who was on that, a university friend, and he had a girlfriend on that. His wife used to do the cricket, and he used to go running with his girlfriend on the ladies' hash. No, I can't remember the one hash. There wasn't one when I was there. There are ongoing Euro hashes, UK Nash hashes, World inner hashes. There are plenty of people. Like I say, there's walkers trails. There's the old fart stroll at these big events. Is there any interest in you making your way to one of these? You're, you don't have to go anywhere, and you might encounter a few people you that remember well, the I, old days with you. I just got in touch with East Grinstead because I thought I would do that with East Grinstead, although I didn't. You know, that's the one I knew best, and I'm going that area in September. But unfortunately, my contact, Tim Waller, who had come from Abidjan or somewhere to set up the East Grinstead hash, he's died recently. So, Mm. yeah, I sort of thought of it. There is one somewhere in the Peak District, apparently. I've got an ex-Hong Kong friend who says, are you going to that one? I've got another friend who lives up by Salisbury, and he's a great rambler now. So he's he's hung up his hash boots because he's joined the Ramblers in a big way. He's the secretary of of the Rambling Association membership. Uh. Otherwise, I wouldn't mind. I'll get in touch with Roger. His name's Roger Walker. A good name for a (laughs) Walker. I'll get in touch and say maybe, to be honest, I would say yes, Rob. At the moment, I've cut down all my travel because petrol, fuel, diesel has doubled up in price. I was due to go up in Scotland next month in September. I'm not going to go there now because ah. I just, I'm retired. I'm on my pension and I can't afford, justify going all the way up to Scotland. But I might see if Roger Walker, he said, let's get together. We we might meet next week in Salisbury. What I'll do is I'll raise that, that as a possibility because I've always thought about it. But the trouble is I have run, as I said, with East Grinstead. Mm-hmm. I think I did go somewhere else, I can't remember, where there was a hash run. And I really realized it was a totally alien thing. And as I wasn't really very fit either, it was really Cooching hash, for instance, the Cooching hash. Mm -hmm. That was the last one really where I joined what was still a good hash. That was very genteel. It was 
very few expats, and it was a mixed hash. Mm-hmm. Well, women used to run on it. it you know, there, there wasn't a men's hash from, from what I remember. And so it basically became a short run, not very energetic. And then we'd all go off to a cafe and have a wonderful evening, you know, and eat lots of food and drink. And it's basically because there's so many women around, it had lost its character entirely. Mm. And it was, a, it was just a social club, really. For yeah. um, that, to me, sounds very much like, from what you've been saying that there has been a gradual morphing of the hashes into something that's got a lot more women in it and it's a lot less um, male chauvinist, rough and tough stuff. Yeah, that probably applies to the whole Western world, but surely that's true in a lot of hash clubs. Kuching hosted the World Inner Hash in 2010. I am it. It was not without big controversy with money and these issues on these big events with people perhaps making profit on them. There's a, there's a whole new set of issues with world hashing. Yes. But one of these big events like a UK Nash hash or a world hash, if it fit into your schedule, I, I think it would be very fun for people to meet you. I think you would be a bit of a celebrity and you would find people oh, who... Oh my God. I think... As you're gathering, I mean, I don't have Keith's precision and recollection, and and he's just got this wonderful way way of words. He's, uh, you know, and I don't, I am, I, I, I'm aware that I'm, you, I start a subject and then it sort of ram, it just shambles off into something. You're being very kind, but I would like to. No, you, you, you're beginning to get my enthusiasm up. I've been doing tours around Europe and for the last four years in my motorhome in the summer. So I've been really on another planet, really, as far as hashing is concerned. Mm. Um, and, and so, yeah, but it would be good. I'm, I'm keeping myself to England this year because I can't be ha- bothered with all the problems getting over to Europe because of Brexit. So yeah. that, that could come up maybe in September because I've been sent a list. Somebody sent us a list, didn't they? Um, was it has sent a list of all the hashes or was it you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I could look because he's he's got the he's got the UK ones, hasn't he? I yeah, think, yeah. So I might do that. The answer to your question is yes, I could do that. I'll see if I can, you know, go up with somebody else who I know because I have done. I have been to reunions. You may have done, and you mm-hmm. go to reunions and you look at people who you can barely recognise. <laughs> nothing in common, and quite often they're all sitting on their own, just staring into space. <laughs> No, it's not going to get any better the longer we wait. That's all I can say. You're right. You're right. You're right. (laughs) You're right. No, I I would like to do that in a way. But I can remember one wonderful one occasion talking of, I don't know, what am I, what's the connection with this? Anyway, it's a random thought. I was visiting KL. I'd been to Hong Kong for a trip, was visiting KL on my way back. So it was a standard one where it must have been nine. Must have been seventy ninety eight something. All the visitors were told to come up and introduce themselves. I was a bit slow off the mark. Somebody stood up on a box and said, "They said, come and tell us." And they would say, "There's your name. Who are they? they well, give us another one." So you know, or why was he born so beautiful and all that stuff. Yeah. And then, and then um, this guy stood up and said, well, "I'm David Barker from Hong Kong." <laughs> and, and I thought, I knew there was another David. There's always another David Barker. I knew there were three David Barkers in Hong Kong. And, and I thought, bloody hell. 
And it turned out that this guy, anyway, so he did his thing. So then I was asked to stand up again. <laughs> and, I Hong Kong, and most people just booed and said, come off, I can't say you just, you know, can't you think you're something better than that? But one or two people who knew me said, oh, shit, yes, of course. So it's a hell of a coincidence. You know, talking of visiting somewhere and, and, and your name goes before you, it wasn't my name, it was somebody else. <laughs> I just moved from Hong Kong to work on the new airport in KL. It was such a, it was so funny. <laughs> I'll send you the direct link, but on the, there's a website called ononpodcast.com and it has okay. links and there's a, there's almost 200 of these. Yours will be published in September when I edit it. But Keith Kanega is out there, but another story has come up after I went back, you know, I published his podcast for all the people in rumps and hash which he yeah. so yeah. i go there every year for one of their weekend events in may it's a men's hash but they have a co-ed weekend so my wife and i go down for that really? event yeah and i talked to a lot of the people who including the co-founder who i know very well mr jackson but some of the other people said well i don't know who keith kanega is but we used to always end our hash and with Keith Kanega is an asshole. That was our chant. And we didn't know who he was. <laughs> but we used to just say that at the end of every half. Because he only, he left after 10 years in the early 80s. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he went to England because they moved over to England, didn't they? Well, yeah, but he's in uh, he's in upstate New York now. Yes, yes. And, and he did with Ian Cumming start a couple new york hashes he's in good form right now he's not running but he's in uh, good health and spirits yeah. and he's good yeah he's a great guy no i met him when he he he, he came back from a trip i think that, or he was leaving that's right so he took me to the rac club which is a very smart club in london that he'd been a member of not not a smart club but a good yeah. club yeah. in Pal -Pal. In, and uh, yes, we had a good chat over the years. Yes, because his wife was working. He was a house husband, wasn't he, when yeah. she was here? And so he had, I'm sure he's doing lots of things. He had his fingers in many pies. And it was a very amusing time. And he always said, let's keep in touch. And, you know, that's what happens. You, you try to. But I think we exchanged cards and then we lost it. So say hi to him next time you keep in touch. And I look forward to reading his podcast yeah 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 and there will be people who were at that 1980 interhash with you who might say oh i think i met that guy so well yeah there well, may maybe be some it was a very it was a big hash it was and we all assembled down at the dog and it was quite a chaotic and i know we then split up went into different buses and then we did this long run and then the run was probably about 150 people and you, in the end, it became a procession. So you, you only met a few people. Then you came back, and then there was the dark. And then we had this amazing, these 1980 hash. It must have been the 1970, it may have been the 1980 hash that I met this uh, this major New Zealand Army major and this other Australian and this strange guy who might have been a Brit. That may have been the one that we had down at um, Pacific Tin. That may have been it. I can't remember anyone. And we all sat out. You know, that's the thing. You, you, Unless you actually are one of the committee oh. and then you, 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 know, you stand up and everyone meets each other, quite a lot of people, they just get on with it. We just drink and have our food and, then, and have a great time. I don't think anyone will remember me from 1980. And unfortunately, as I say, Chris Boyd, do you know his name? Yes. 
You do good. Yes. Well, he, I mean, he's the senior, most senior expert in chaos. I'm sure you know him. Yeah, and he's the one who put me on to um, Pete Campbell. Yeah. He, so he must he must be keeping these things up. But he doesn't run anymore. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure he stopped long before I left. I I might have gone on a hash with him, but I can't remember. I think he was usually very busy because he he was he had he had his retirement job and things. But anyway, Chris is the only one who. Uh, I think I would would remember me in 1980. John's gone. David Scorse was there. Lightower's gone. There's so many people just gone to a higher plane. It's sad. Yeah. Well, any that would like to tell their stories, it's it's great for the community to hear your voice and these stories and some version of nostalgia for them to hear things they can relate to that happened before they were born to say, wow, would have been. You know, they would have recognized the hash and they would have been able to do the, do it then. And I tell you home. what, I tell you what, right. Well, it's nice of you to say that, but I tell you what, I, I look back on those times when kale was a, they call it koala slumber. And when, <laughs> and when you looked, I remember once went to the high commissioner's um, place at um, Carcosa up in, up in the, in uh, K- K- Kenny Hill. And I don't know for why, I think my wife was doing some charity stuff. So I was pulled along. And we went with the High Commissioner's wife to the balcony and we looked over KL and you could see only three buildings higher than the the height of the palm trees, which the highest palm trees were five stories high. Everything was five stories high. And there was just the Shell Building, the Hilton and one other. And the rest was you could see right over the town. You could see uh, Genting Highlands and all the hills beyond. And that we were so lucky because it was it hadn't probably changed for 30 years very much. Mm. So we knew the old KL. It was just a delight. And just going on these hash runs without the traffic jams, without all these burly policemen, without all these demos, which we had when I was back there. It was just a privilege, really, to have been there then. Yes, it was really special. And I, I can't really begin, I'm afraid, I haven't done it very well, to convey, you know, the magic of that time. Yeah, it really was. But I'm sure everyone goes through these periods. I was, what, 30? 30? You know, everyone, I guess, that's a special time in their life, isn't it? Whenever they've hashed, wherever they've hashed during those years, it's always been special, I guess. So we all have something in common, even though the time, the time and place may be greatly different. Exactly. And that's why it's really interesting and fun for me to do these podcasts, because that same passion, nostalgia, and camaraderie and feeling of tribalism across all these places is the same. But it's really important or it's valuable or fun to talk to people like you because this is history that it can't be recaptured. The places are changed. The people that are legends are gone. The events in the formative years when nobody knew what hashing would really become happened. And it's really appreciate that you're sharing your time. It's wonderful that you've spent so much of your time because, you know, it's for me, it's been great fun, but I, I'm, I realize I'm stumbling. I'm not, I'm not having the verbal. I'm only an engineer. I can't have that verbal, <laughs> verbal, verbal um, agility and capability to, to come over with some of these things. And I, I, you know, I coming over, I just think, Oh, it was one. I can remember one time when I, I, it was my father's birthday. So, I arranged somehow. I arranged to meet in uh, Molly's uh, bar in Battery Road to meet. We're up with some of the hash because I think he took me out. But I I met up 
in Molly's bar, some of the hash, and there was Tom gnawing and all that crowd. And it was getting quite riotous. And at one point, Dad was about to lift his glass to his mouth when a bottle went straight through it. And he just had the jagged end as it across the room. And it, we all just thought it was funny. Just so <laughs> It was just a riot. You know, it's one of the things you could really let your hair down in those days. You can't do that anywhere in KL now. It's yeah. So we lived in a magic time. Magic, magic time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's part three with Fireman. We have a little bit more to cover. We'll be back with more episodes. This is the On On Podcast. Hasher voices, Hasher stories, Hasher history. New episodes every week. Till next time. On On. This is Ra. To close the circle, here's the hash anthem sung by Mother Hash. Swing low, sweet child.